When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Oh, there's been a lot of fallout still from the Clarkson-Mitchell handover, succession plan, whatever we're calling it. I'll tell you what it's done is it's made waves, and I'll continue to update you on who said what throughout the course of today as we still feel the effects of the biggest story in footy this year. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. I hope you've had a cracking day, whoever you've been putting it in and uh, wherever you're finding us, however you're finding us, it's wonderful to have your company. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Time On is your say on the news of the day. 0433 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 A heap to get through tonight. We've had a lot of people on the radio station today reacting to the news that broke yesterday uh, that at the end of 2022, Alistair Clarkson and would hand over the reins of the uh, coaching position of the Hawthorne Football Club to Sam Mitchell uh, and that Alistair Clarkson would no longer be the coach of the Hawthorne Football Club at that point. So still so many questions swirling around for so many people and uh, the the ripple effect and ramifications will be wide felt for this uh, for. Uh, a fair amount of time, you would think. Uh, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you're still waiting to have a chat about that, yeah, you can do so. Uh, a couple little things making news today. We. Uh, heard only moments ago uh, that Tom Libertore has re-signed uh, at the Western Bulldogs for another couple of years, which is a great story. Um, he's having a ripping season. He's just the catalyst for so much of what goes right for the Western Bulldogs. When you look at a chain of play or you, you, you look at a, a passage more often than not, the generator of that passage has been Tom Libertore this year. I think he's in career-best form and the man with the best tattoos in football, Homer Simpson on one arm, Jeremy Friedman, who's the squeaky voice teen from the Simpsons on the other. So it's a great day uh, for the people that are just a little bit different and just uh, go about their business a little bit more, I suppose, erratic, not erratic, but but certainly more odd than the rest of us. People who just uh, walk differently to the beat that we're all uh, marching along to. So it is a great day for the dogs, and there'll be dogs fans that are very, very happy with that. So a two-year deal uh, for Libba, one of my favourite players uh, in the competition. And uh, as I said, a career-best year. He's averaging just under 25 disposal a game. He's the number one clearance player in the competition this year, and he'll have a big say on whether the dogs go deep in September again and can get uh, another flag. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have your say on that. Darcy Parrish with the big signing news yesterday on the show. He spoke to Bob and Andy. I'll play a little bit of that for you. Ben Rutten has spoken today about Darcy Parrish, about Dyson Heppel, Aaron Francis, uh, and Simon Goodwin has spoken about Ben Brown coming back into that Melbourne side. So uh, I'll give you the teams uh, as well for tomorrow night's clash. Uh, we'll do those uh, the moment that they land, if in fact they haven't already landed. But we do know that Ben Brown 
will be uh, back in that Demons lineup. Uh, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have you say about that NBA game one today. The Phoenix over at Milwaukee. If you didn't get a chance to see that game, uh, and if you are still waiting to watch it when you get home and don't want to know the result, uh, just put your earmuffs on. Um, but for those who were able to see it or, or keep an eye on it or listen to it on SEN Fanatic, so all the NBA finals will be on SEN Fanatic. 118 to 105, the Phoenix Suns. This Chris Paul story is one of the great stories of the year. So is he in his 16th year in the competition, He's never been to the NBA Finals. He's been here, there and everywhere in his illustrious career. He's still considered one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game, but he doesn't have the title that's eluded him for so long. He absolutely exploded after being held scoreless in the first quarter. He after At the end of the third quarter, so in just two quarters of basketball, he put on 27 points. He finished with 32. Uh, he came close to 10 assists as well. He was magnificent. Devin Booker was fantastic. DeAndre Ayton just uh, brought his own Windex because he just cleaned up the glass all afternoon. So it was a fantastic performance from the Phoenix Suns uh, over the Milwaukee Bucks to win game one. Uh, Julio de Stoop just uh, charging back and forth just outside the studio. A real walk of intent uh, about him. Something's gone wrong. He's even wandering in here now, so there's a lot going on. Julio, is everything all right? Oh, he's, oh, that's actually my fault. I had his pass to the building, so <laughs> that's absolutely my fault. Uh, so the Euros today, obviously Italy is a massive story and apparently Ligon Street going off earlier today. Uh, they get home on penalties over Spain and uh, they'll play uh, the winner of the game that's going to be uh, at 5am this morning, I reckon, for uh, England and Denmark. So they'll await the result of that game to find out who they're playing in the in the Euro finals. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Of course, to have your say on the news of the day, Ash Barty into the Wimbledon semis. Uh, it's a it's a great story that one that continues to unfold. Uh, beating a compatriot to to get there, of course. So great to see our Aussie women going so deep uh, into the action at Wimbledon. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the temper text. I want the Bucks to win. It's been 50 years, so uh, they haven't been in the they haven't been in the NBA Finals, Alex, since 1975. I think it was or 74, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar still played for them. Um, they haven't won a title since I think I think the last time they were in the finals might have been 75, and the last time they won a title was 74. It's around that mark. And for the Phoenix Suns, they haven't been in the NBA Finals since 1993 when Barclays Phoenix Suns went down to the uh, all dominant Chicago Bulls. So it is. Wonderful to see, I think, some lesser teams. And when I say lesser teams, I'm, not, I'm talking about the, uh, when I'm, the big franchises. We're not talking about the Broadway players, uh, the main stages, the ones that get the best time slots every week. We're not talking um, about the sides that are at the, the top of the tree uh, and, and the biggest teams in the competition. You know, there's no Lakers, there's no Celtics in it. Um, it it's actually really good to see some of the the smaller franchises getting to this end of the season. I think it keeps it interesting. Um, we've got a statement just coming through from the AFL, so forgive me if I'm a little bit stop-start at the moment. We've just got a couple of things that are being communicated to us uh, while we're on air. The AFL has just finalised the fixture for Round 17 and has provided clubs with key updates relating to matches for Round 18 of the 2021 Toyota AFL Premiership season. So the venue for the final match of Round 17 
has been confirmed that the Lions are going to host St Kilda at Metricon Stadium. So clearly unable to still play that game at the Gabba. They had been hopeful that that would be the case given that they'd had the green light to come home. They just don't have the green light to play at the Gabba. So... Brisbane, St Kilda, Metricon, 7.25pm uh, bounce. The decision uh, was made in consultation with the Lions and, the, and as greater Brisbane remains a red zone to travel for Victoria. So it allows St Kilda to fly in and fly out of the Gold Coast via a charter flight. Supporters who are based in greater Brisbane are permitted to travel to Metricon to attend the game. So that is every game locked in for round 17. What we're being told for round 18 at the moment looks a little bit like this. So Frio and Geelong, Thursday night, Optus Stadium. Uh, that's a 6.10 Perth time start. Friday night, Richmond and Brisbane at the MCG. So Richmond back in a prime time slot after being relegated to Sunday Twilight this weekend v the Pies. Um, the Giants, that'll be a great game, actually, Richmond. Richmond's been the side that has sort of haunted the Lions over the last couple of years until they got that finals win over them last year, which sort of broke a bit of a hoodoo. And obviously Brisbane uh, beating them again this year. Um, I reckon Richmond will be out to try and bring that ledger going back their way. So I'm really looking forward to that clash. That'll be a ripper. Uh, and, of course, it's desperation times for Richmond. They've, they've just got to win to, to, to get back into the eight and stay there. The Giants and the Swans, Saturday afternoon, 1.45 game is a TBC. Melbourne and Hawthorne at the MCG, 4.35 on the Saturday, will be at the MCG. Gold Coast and the Bulldogs will be at Metricon Stadium, Saturday, 4.35 p.m. St Kilda and Port Adelaide will be Saturday night. And this is a good news. Uh, well, actually, it's not that good a news because we've. I thought for a moment that we didn't have two games going up against each other, but we do. We've got the 4.35 games happening uh, bet uh, between Melbourne and Hawthorne and the Gold Coast and the Western Bulldogs. So... St Kilda and Port Adelaide will be uh, a one-out game on the Saturday night, and that will be at Marvel Stadium. Sunday, North Melbourne and Essendon at Marvel will be the 110 game. Collingwood v Carlton at the MCG, 320 for the old rivals there. And then the round will be finished off by Adelaide and West Coast at the Adelaide Oval, 410. Uh, so that's what we know about round 18 at this stage. So still the game to be locked in. Uh, for round 18 with a TBC next to it is the Giants and the Swans. So uh, that's pretty well locked in now for round 18 and just confirming that Saturday night's game between Brisbane and St Kilda will be at Metricon on the Gold Coast, not at the Gabba. So a heap to get through over the next hour. And, of course, Sporting Capital tonight from 7 o'clock will play some footy tinder, a heap to put on the agenda there. Uh, I'm just about to go through the reaction today from the biggest names on our station and the biggest names that they've spoken to on our station today reacting to the Alistair Clarkson-Sam Mitchell succession plan that was announced yesterday. Um, if you looked at the press conference, Sam Mitchell and Alistair Clarkson actually caught up for 20 minutes yesterday and started divvying up who's going to do what and whose responsibility, whose responsibility is what. And Sam Mitchell's saying in that press conference that he will look after the long term and Clarko will focus on the short term. And in the next year, he still gets to learn a bit more from Alistair Clarkson. Um, I went back just to see if I could find any signs of sort of discontent or, you know, angst, anything like that. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. I think everyone was a bit nervous. Obviously, it's a massive deal. Um, but I couldn't pick up on anything that had me worried or thinking that anything was going on that uh, had left people slightly put out. Um, maybe there are. Maybe they're just very good actors. But I certainly couldn't pick up on it. Uh, Greg's in Blackburn. G'day, Greg. G'day, Sam. Uh, hope you're fitting well. 
Really um, well. Thanks for... Yeah, good on you, buddy. Thanks for Jules. He's lovely on the phone. Firstly, Ash, uh, I love Joe Ash Barty. I love her even Gulagon dress. Yeah, how um, good is that? Oh, uh, it's magnificent. It's magnificent. And, um, God, I hope she, go, I hope she wins it. Uh, I'm thinking about my beloved Dees. We've got Port over there. We've got Hawks at the G. This is uh, subject to change of grounds. We've got Gold Coast up there, Bulldogs at the G, West Coast over there, Adelaide at the G, Geelong over there. Are we going to make the top four? We've got four of the top eight sides we've got to play. I'm nervous and I'm glad they brought Benny Brown in. I rang you the other night about Benny Brown. He needs to be done and uh, and tried. Mm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they've got to give it at least three weeks, don't they? Just Just put him in there, keep him in there. You're not going to know after one week whether Ben Brown's going to work in your forward line because he's hardly played in it. You don't just snap your fingers and have, you know, forward 50 cohesion. So they're going to have to give it a few weeks to work. And luckily they've banked enough wins that they can experiment a little bit. It does concern me at this stage that they haven't been playing him because if they wanted to, they would have. But I think the situation's just got to a point now where you're averaging eight goals a game over the last three weeks, which is um, good enough to be ranked right near the bottom of the average goals per game. Uh, You were averaging up around 14 over the whole season now you've dropped to on average 12, but it's the last three weeks where it's been eight goals a game that's a real concern. So you're going to have to put him in there and you're going to have to keep him in there for at least three, maybe four, five weeks and get a really good sense of how it works with him there. So um, Peter Sumich was on this show last week and said that he can see Melbourne dropping out of, of the four. I had them finishing third or fourth. I just think that, that I could we could just sort of see the way that their scoring was going. Um, they hadn't fully settled on what their best lineup forward of centre was. And I could just see games where I think they might be vulnerable. And uh, I th- still think they'll finish top four. But Peter Sumich was pretty adamant that he thinks they could finish outside the four. Well, what are we, we going to do with Sam Wiedemann? Well, he did get a bit of a run in the side, didn't he? Did he get about four weeks, if I'm not mistaken? I'm sort of just plucking numbers off the well, top of my head. But he did get about yeah. four weeks and, and we didn't see much. He did. So, but Sam kicked three goals last week, and mm. Graham Brown had uh, three touches. I think they and, took and him off. Knew. Didn't they take him off just in case he had to play? I don't think he played the full game, did he? Correct, he did. But um, we need we need a lead up forward that just sits in the thirty metre mark. Don't go up at the ground. Pump it in, and then we can bring our our, our Cozzies and our Spargos in mm. around the fall of the ball. What's happened with us is we're going wide with Fritz, unbelievable player he is. We yep. need uh, people of the fall of the ball, and Ben Brown has to be the target. Yeah, but I think you can have multiple targets inside Ford 50, Greg, and mm-hmm. I think that you're right about the way that you'd play Ben Brown, sort of leading out of the goal square. Fritz is that floating... Um, mid to small forward and he's having a sensational season. He's kicked over 30 goals. He was on with Kane Corns today, sen.com.au, if you missed it. Um, McDonald gets to be your roaming forward that does work up the ground a bit and comes back and then you've got those small forwards to get, you know, around the feet of uh, Ben Brown and the like in in Pickett and Spargo. So that's sort of got a really good look about it to to me. I'm I'm so looking forward to the game on Thursday, Sam. Uh, Port and Melbourne. It's a do or die for us. It really is. Yep. Greg, enjoy. Good luck. That is going to be one of the games of the round, a top four clash, Port Adelaide and Melbourne. Um, Port 
did enough to get over Hawthorne. Still not 100% convinced that they were at their best in that game. Uh, certainly in the early stages of it, they were pretty dominant and then just took the foot off substantially towards the back of it. So uh, both those teams still looking to find their right mix. And they've got some trouble inside Ford 50 as well, given that at the moment they've got no Robbie Gray, no Fantasia. Um, it looks like they'll get Zach Butters back this week, which is a, a massive boost for them. Uh, Pav's in Bondi. G'day, Pav. G'day, Sam. How are you? You're really well, thanks, mate. What do you got for me? Uh, talking NBA, if that's all right. Of course. Uh, I've actually got a, I've got a little bit of a uh, bit of a not a, a, a bit of a trivia fact for you too. Okay. So loving the Greek Freak, obviously backing up um, game one. Obviously, we have our heart in our mouth because we saw that knee injury, and we always associate to AFL injuries and go, "That's it, that's season done." But um, I guess some positive signs, hopefully for game two, but. On the two, the two lesser teams, as we put it, um, when uh, so this is the very first time that you've got two marquee players that have never been traded into a franchise playing off in a um, in a in a final in like the last eleven years. Can you possibly name the two others that have gone head to head? So just give me the um, just give me the parameters of this again. Yeah, sorry, I probably I probably didn't share it uh, well enough. So, every final series, the marquee player of, of the East and Western Conference team has actually been traded, either in or has moved around. This is the very first time that the two players, Giannis and uh, Booker, have started at Milwaukee, started at Phoenix, and now in a final. It's uh, uh, The last time that was done in 2010, I've kind of given it away, 2010. Oh, Jesus, you're, yeah. you're stretching me. 2010. That would have been. Was that a Lakers or was it was it a Heat? Yeah. It was a Lakers. Correct. Yeah. So and Kobe and it would have been. Yeah. Was it against Boston? Yes. Who, who was their franchise player? Uh, Ray Allen. No. no. Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I knew it wasn't. Um, I knew it wasn't uh, Kevin Garnett because he'd start at the Timberwolves. But jeez, uh, I was so close, Pav. Hey, thanks, mate. I'm 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 loving that. Anytime we want to dish up some trivia, is always good fun. Good pick up, see, you, mate. Beautifully done. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade's coming through uh, off the text. I'll have a look at what those years are. Uh, as we said, biggest story this year in footy, and right. I mean, people will say Buckley. I, I, I think this is just slightly bigger, but. Rather than equivocate over that, we'll just say it's one of the biggest stories of the year, if not the biggest. Alistair Clarkson, of course, uh, it all came to bear yesterday, the announcement that he would be standing down or that his services were no longer required. It's probably not that he was standing down. I'll, I'll correct that. It was that he was told from the Hawthorne Football Club that his contract wouldn't be extended. Um, the situation at Collingwood and maybe elsewhere forced the hand of the Hawthorne Football Club, who were desperate not to lose Sam Mitchell to another job, eerily similar to what happened with Collingwood and Nathan Buckley. So a succession plan was announced yesterday that uh, Clarko, four-time premiership coach, would hand over the reins, the reins to four-time premiership player in Sam Mitchell. So the response to that has been fascinating throughout the day, and I'll play a some of it on the other side of this.
Jeez, I'll tell you what, we're getting a, a fair bit of uh, response from uh, our previous caller, Pav, who was talking about the NBA Finals and said, when was the last time that the two teams playing off in the NBA Finals, uh, their franchise player was a player who had been drafted to the club originally uh, and had, had not been traded in to the club. And uh, we, he spoke about the fact that the last time it had happened was 2010 where Kobe uh, came up, Kobe's Lakers came up against Paul Pierce's Celtics. But there's a few people pointing out that Kobe was actually traded by the Charlotte Hornets uh, on the night of the draft. So I wonder, does that still count? I mean, I think it technically it does. He started his career there. You know, he didn't step foot in the Charlotte Hornets. So I think we'll we'll let it pass. Um, but it's just one that the pe- good people of Charlotte don't really like bringing up. It's like bringing up Sam Bowie uh, with the people of Portland, uh, the man that they took ahead of Michael Jordan. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 Get to Jono in Sunshine in just a moment. Actually, we'll take Jono now and then work our way through the uh, response on the station today to the Clarko-Sam Mitchell news yesterday. Uh, g'day to you, Jono. G'day, Sam. How are you? I'm well, thank you, mate. A um, couple of points. I think the best thing that happened this week was uh, Steve Hocking stepping away from the AFL. I think he had too much, um, too much, too many changes in such a short period of time. I don't think the game's in a better place than what it was. Um, that's my first point. And the second one, Clarko just smacks the Collingwood all over, and it just this is where clubs get desperate, thinking they're going to lose something. He's untried. He's unknown. You know what? You might need a change and you might do this, but Clarkson's still the best coach in the in the modern era as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And I reckon it might be egg on their place when he goes somewhere else, and he will go somewhere else, and uh, they have to face up to him. And I, that's just my, my opinion, you know? And I'm uh, absolutely wrapped that you've given me a call, Jono, and taken the time to, to share it. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate you giving us a bell. It, it, it is a massive risk, isn't it? I mean, there's no two ways about it. I mean, this is essentially Hawthorne saying that we think that you've been here long enough. We think that Sam Mitchell is a better, is a better option for us moving forward and into the future. I don't buy age. I don't think age comes into it anymore. I think coaches all around the world have shown us that age is just a number. I think... Um, Chris Fagan shows us that at the Brisbane line. So I think age is irrelevant. Uh, Jeff Kennett likes to talk about the fact that, you know, by the time he finishes up, it'll be 18 years at the one place. And that's, you know, too, you know that's more than long enough and, and too long, he said in the press conference yesterday, uh, to be at the one organisation in the one position. I still don't know if I necessarily agree with all that and we'll go through some questions that I've got and I'll throw a couple out there now and we will come back and do the audio because we've got to hit a break in just a moment but these are just some of the questions that I'm still curious about I wonder if this is a little bit about Jeff Kennett as well you heard Jeff Kennett talk about the things that they have planned in their future there's the big ticket items for him at the moment are AFLW Dingley and now obviously a new coach and for the last few years Jeff Kennett has refused to fully back in Clarko getting an extension, just that I will talk about that, and has been on this narrative a while about how long people can be in the one position. I'm wondering, given that he'll finish up in a year or two, whether this is part of legacy leaving, that when he leaves he can say, I've set us up with our new coach for the next 10 years, I've got us to Dingley, and I've got us our AFLW side. I just wonder if there's a little bit of uh, a bit of Jeff coming into this 
Um, and I ask that question with all due respect, but just hearing him talk yesterday, I wonder whether that's played a part. Did the soft cap play a part? Clarko spoke about that they've now got to let people know who's got, you know, they're starting to get to that point, who's got jobs and who hasn't. Um, Clarko on close to a million, we're told. Um, does that free up money to boost up a football department that, as all football departments are, are doing a lot more with a lot less and people getting burnt out? Does the soft cap play a part in making this decision? Why did the Hawks allow Collingwood to force their hands? Strong clubs don't jump at shadows. If you wanted to set something up with Sam Mitchell, why didn't you? You know, why is the Collingwood news forcing the hand of your football club? And we've seen that that can actually cause problems, and it has in the past. Regardless of how you think Collingwood worked out with Malthouse and Buckley, it caused major issues for the time that it was there. And it was all because Bucks was going to get offered a job to go to North Melbourne. Did Sam Mitchell force the hand of the Hawthorne Footy Club? What makes us so sure that Sam is a better option than Clarko, given that this is his first year coaching his own side? And I love Sam Mitchell. I've got no doubt, and you trust the people that tell you he's going to be a great coach. I've got no doubt that that's true. Is he ready to be a senior coach now? Has he done a long enough apprenticeship, a year at West Coast, where uh, Jared Schofield said today that they wouldn't have won 2018 if it hadn't have been with the work that Sam Mitchell did with their midfield? So that's incredible praise, and you've absolutely got to take that on board. But has the apprenticeship been long enough? I look at Bill Belichick, who's regarded as the greatest coach in the NFL. Um, he did a 15-year apprenticeship before he got the hedge coaching job at Cleveland. He lasted there for a few years, then went back into assistant coaching until 2000 when he got the job at the Patriots, and he's been there for 21 years since, and his record speaks for itself, and obviously the partnership with Brady. But are we convinced and are we certain that Sam Mitchell is ready and everyone that's spoken says that he will no doubt be a great coach. All his ex-teammates, and I've spoken to a couple um, over the last couple of days who are convinced that he will be a great coach. But is he going to be right now? How do you ensure as a club that this doesn't, this succession plan doesn't create the same circus, the drama, the distraction that it has at every other club that's tried to put this in? The speculation, the slightest sign of consternation and discontent is written up like there's big trouble afoot. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, and it's not all media, so don't lump media in. I hate when people do that, lump media in as we're all the same organism. But there are people within the media who will look for any sign of that, and it will be the story, and it will constantly be looked at, scrutinised, and how do and what have you set up to make sure that that won't be a distraction for the next year and a half? Because it has been at every other club, and, and seen in some instances has caused irreparable damage. So how do we make sure those things don't happen? These are just some of the questions that I've still got, and only time will tell. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I still haven't figured out if I think if I'm happy about it, if I think it's the right call, the wrong call. Am I happy? Am I sad? I think I'm all those things. All I know is it is a massive gamble, and and to have success, you've got to take massive gambles. They took a massive gamble on Alistair Clarkson, and look how it paid out, and look how it played out and paid off, I should say. But I'm still, I still haven't found where I sit with it, which is okay. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Time on your say on the news of the day. Oh, no, if Alistair Clarkson stays there until next year, he, he will definitely take the reins. Um, and, you know, he, he'll have those conversations with the players, I'm sure he's probably having them right now, where he's, he's saying, this is how it is, you know. We've got a coach who's ready to go. He's getting some more experience, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, I'm coaching until, um, you know, the handover. I know we've 
you know, a lot of speculation around handovers and whether or not you can have, you know, holding on periods for certain coaches and so forth. But look, Alistair Clarkson, he, from my point of view, and I, I don't know this personally, but he, he's, he's a type of coach that wouldn't want to leave a football club down the bottom and then just desert it. So he, um, you know, he would want to leave it in a, a good place to carry on to hopefully build up the ladder and have future success. Sam Mitchell will be a good coach. Sam Mitchell's, I think, done the, the right apprenticeship. He went to West Coast as a, an on-field playing coach. He then obviously coached during the grand final of the midfield with their win over Collingwood. Then he's gone back to Hawthorne under Alistair Clarkson. And now he's um, taking charge of his own team, which, you know, takes a lot of time and effort um, in all different areas. So, I, you know, I, I think he is the future of Hawthorne. Alistair Clarkson's an absolute god at Hawthorne with what he's done. Mm. He's been incredible. He deserves the most perfect send-off. Hawthorne great, Shane Crawford today, who was part of the Premiership in 2008, Brownlow medalist, of course, with the Hawks and uh, one of the greats uh, of the brown and gold, saying that he doesn't believe Hawthorne, uh, that Alistair Clarkson would leave Hawthorne high and dry. Interestingly, Matthew said yesterday that Hawth, that Clarko has no moral obligation now to see out the final year of that contract with the Hawks, as they've declared that uh, he his services are no longer required. So, Croft generally believing that this will play out the way that it was stated yesterday that it would, that at the end of 2022, Clarko would hand the reins over to Sam Mitchell, who would then be the senior coach moving forward. But in the meantime, between now and then, it is still Alistair Clarkson's team and believing that Sam Mitchell is uh, uh, the future of the Hawthorne Football Club and is a great coach in waiting. I've spoken to a couple of Hawthorne people and that's their general consensus as well, that, that Sam Mitchell is going to be a fantastic coach. Um, and and if and if this situation can be allowed to play out, and everybody plays their role in making sure that they do their job and their role, that this won't get messy and it won't get ugly, and there actually will be a smooth transition. And if that happens, then it will set up Hawks uh, for a long, long time to come. But there is a big but that was told to me that if if, if it doesn't and, and if it's derailed in any way, shape or form, then it could have substantial damage. So um, it is going to be fascinating the next year and a half. Off the text, yes, Hawthorne have decided they will not extend Clarko's tenure, but it was Clarko who initiated the conversation regarding Mitch's future. Clarko put the club first again. Please report the story in full. Absolutely, we made that clear yesterday. And if you didn't think I did today, I apologise. But if you listen to what Jeff Kennett said yesterday, Clarko approached them based on the fact of what was happening with the Collingwood Footy Club, with Sam Mitchell's, um, with Sam Mitchell being a person of great interest to the Collingwood Football Club, so that's what prompted Alistair Clarkson to do so. But thank you for your text, um, Dave's in Turidan. G'day, Dave. Yeah, g'day, mate. Hey, um, Clarko wants to coach, I think. Um, so when he went to um, the board and said, "Are you going to give me the job or not?" Um, he goes, all right, I'll hold up more in the contract. But he, he's basically got the sack. Um, if, if, uh, on the Carlton hand, we've got a caretaker coach in Teague um, on my numbers. If I'm a member of Carlton, I'll be going, well, hello. It's, it's uh, time to get the best coach in the last 20 years and see how we go. Yeah, Dave, you, you could be right. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't hope that David Teague loses his job. I think 
what, and I said this yesterday, this isn't a pond, this isn't a, a pebble in a pond that causes some ripples. This is a boulder uh, chucked into a pond. Uh, and the ramification, I mean, it, it, it will unsettle just about everything everywhere. There isn't a club right now that isn't asking itself the question, should we be? They may not all, but every single one of them is asking themselves now, should we be approaching Alistair Clarkson? It may not be for a senior coach. It might be for a different position. And all media outlets will be right now going, should we be? There'll be, don't worry. I mean, this this <laughs> this is as big a, dis- not a disruptor, because that's not fair, but it has the biggest chance of massive change around the competition of any uh, retired player, um, well, probably since Buckley, which is not that long ago. Uh, off the text, embrace the change, Sam. I'm also a proud and passionate Hawthorne member. I'm really excited for our future. Nothing in life is for certain except change. If you don't move with it, you get left behind. If you can make this succession plan work, it's Hawthorne. That's from Benny. Uh, yeah, great point, Benny. You could absolutely be right. I'm still grappling with it all to try, and with both brains, with my Hawthorne member brain and with my broadcaster and commentator a brain trying to figure out if I do think it's the right decision, wrong decision, and maybe there's no answer to that now. Maybe it's just to sit back and wait and see. Um, Joe's in Roval. G'day, Joe. Hey, Sammy. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, just just my thoughts. Um, I reckon this will work, unlike other clubs. I mean, didn't work at Collingwood, didn't work at Essendon, not, not yet anyway, but remember, Hawthorne's a family club. Yep. We make things work, you know, and everyone's saying that... Uh, Sam Mitchell's unproven. Well, you know what? 15, 16 years ago, Alistair Clarkson was unproven too. Yep. Damien Harbick was unproven. Richmond almost sacked him. And how glad for them. They yep. kept him because, you know what? They've won three flags. So everybody's got to start somewhere, Sam. I'm a forklift driver, right? 16 years ago, I was unproven. Now, I'm a good forklift driver. I'll probably retire a forklift driver. So everyone has to be given a, a, their, their first chance. That's a great point, right, uh, Joe. And, um, yeah, I think... When I, when I think about what makes me think it can work, it is the fact that I think that Clarko loves the club. Like, that is undeniable. He, his passion for the Hawthorne Footy Club is evident in everything that he does. So there is no way that he would ever want to let the Hawthorne Footy Club down, even if he felt let down by it. Because I think he knows that the people there are just custodians of their position. So what one person's or, you know, the board, this board's decision might be isn't indicative of the overall Hawthorne Football Club, the history that uh, has been before it, the history that he helped create and the history that will come after it. I think he really does understand that um, and I think he will only want what's best for the club. I think he'll only want what's best for Sam Mitchell. He's, he's incredibly loyal to the players at the club as well, the players that he recruited to go there. So he will want to see that. And he has constantly said that he would never break his contract, that he's loyal and that he would never break his contract. So I think that's why Clarko stays. I, I don't think a lot of people saying that he would go. Um, I, I'm not so sure um, because everything he has told us has been to the contrary of that. Uh, Stuart's in Murrumbina. G'day, Stuart. All right, Sam. Uh, love your show, mate. Going Thank beautifully. Um, my, my, my query was just watching this from afar and, and of course I'm at my club, but I find it really interesting and, and but like you, because I just can't put my finger on it and I think the only recent example is Collingwood and it, it just sort of didn't go that well, but you, you've said a, a couple, my, my, my actual query was why doesn't um, Clarko just go, look, I'm not going to coach next year, but you've said a few things that have enlightened me about he went to the club first and, and all that sort of thing, but um, because if he was dirty on it, I suppose then um, he could say, look, I'm out now and go to another club. But 
I, I suppose Carlton and um, if there's still a chance Carlton and Collingwood could swoop in, but with his loyalty, that may not happen. He might just stay. Yeah, it's it's where I'm leaning to, Stuart. Um, and I look back at succession plans and without going into what happened after them but when you have a look at how succession plans have been managed and these are the ones I could think of in recent memory so we go back to when David Parkin was brought back from the west to be an assistant coach under John Kennedy senior um, who and he uh, left at the end of that year I think it was 76 uh, and then Parkin took took over after that I don't know the full history, and I wasn't alive at the time. But my understanding of it is that that was that was a tick. You would tick that off. That I think it was John Henry Senior that wanted to bring Parkin back, and then he took the reins. I think, and, and again, if people were alive during that time and can tell me different, I'd love to hear it. My understanding is that it was magnanimous, Ruse and Longmire, and I'll play a bit of John Longmire. Um, actually, let's hear from John Longmire now about the handover with uh, Paul Ruse. All I, all I know is what happened with, with me and the Swans and and Rusey and um, we. I just found it fantastic. It was um, uh, such a such a great opportunity to be able to spend 18 months with, with Paul planning uh, uh, for the future. We went into the 2009 draft and 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 that was a, uh, a critical moment for us with uh, both players like Jetta and Rowan and. Mm. And then we got uh, uh, re, uh, uh, we got um, Mumford and McGlynn and Kennedy and those guys, and and being able to do that together was was a, a really important time for the future of the footy club. Yeah, that was John Longmire, so he was absolutely wrapped with how it worked in Sydney's situation with Ruse handing over to him, and he said in that chat that in no uncertain terms was it Paul Ruse's side. And Sam Mitchell said that yesterday that the short term is Clarko, the long term is him, and they've already sat down. Uh, the day before yesterday, about who's going to do what and how it's all going to work. Um, Malthouse Buckley, I don't, as a, as a succession plan, as a handover, we all know that didn't work as how they tried to execute the process. I'm not talking about what came after. I'm talking about the actual handover itself. We know that that was really messy in the end, so that doesn't get a tick. Warsfold Rutten, I don't think that was really working at the time with the different messages that we're hearing from last year, so that probably gets across... And Paul Ruse and Simon Goodwin, well, I think we'd give that a tick. It didn't seem to be any issues or dramas there, despite how hard people looked for them. So when I can think of five in history. Three of them you'd give a tick to. Two you'd probably give a cross to. But you may have a different view on that. So um, we will wait and see. Um, We'll come, to, we'll, get, we'll come back on the other side of this. Uh, still a bit to work through. I'm with you till 8 o'clock tonight. So normally we do footy tinder straight out of 7, but there's still a bit of news getting around today that we'll make sure we update you on. So David and Tim, who want to have their say on the Clarko stuff, stay right there, guys. You'll be straight up on the other side of this. The other big story today, of course, crowd capacity, 75% now capped at 40,000. So I'd love to hear from you if that is making it any more enticing for you to get back to footy or is it still just too hard and until it's back to 100% you're just not going to bother because it is starting to become a real issue, the lack of crowds. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. But it's a different sort of handover. It, it still has separation because Sam would be at Box Hill next year. So it's not, it's not like the others. It's not like two, two heads... Um, two, two opinions butting heads in the coach's box game day. It's, it's different, isn't it? Would you concede that? I'm not sure. I want to... There's some separation between the two of them. Yeah, but he'll still be involved in a lot of the list management decisions, and he has to be. In the a cool, clear light of day, the yep. conversations during the week. I think those things can be protected.
So that was David King and Sam Edmund filling in for Gary and Tim on Breakfast, who are back next week, talking about why they think that the Hawthorne succession plan with Alistair Clarkson handing over to Sam Mitchell can work. Sam Mitchell will still be uh, at the helm of the Box Hill Hawks next year and for the rest of this year as well, and then have a role on match day uh, working closely with Clarko. And when they were asked, uh, Sam Mitchell was very clear that the long-term planning was he and the short-term was Clarko, and it was still Clarko's team. Uh, off the text, give us a spell. Anyone asked if Clarko wants to coach after 2022? So sick of the garbage being spewed. That's from Luke, who's clearly in a good mood. Uh, but, yeah, he was asked, Luke, and this is what he had to say. I, I, I probably... I don't mean to say this in a, in a manner that portrays arrogance or, or ego, but I've had plenty of opportunities over the journey to, to move, including um, a, a significant offer from North Melbourne last year, which Horse and I were both heavily courted by North Melbourne. Um, that, that has been a consistent thing, but what has always pulled, pulled me back to my core was the fact that I've made a commitment to the footy club here. Um, and I've said to uh, these guys all along, I'll, I'll coach this club for as long as they want me to coach this club, and until such time as they say that they no longer think I'm adding value to the club. Um, then that will be the time that I'll walk out the door. But it won't be me walking out there. Alistair Clarkson there. So I hope that uh, puts a bit more of a smile on your dial, Luke. Chin up, mate. Everything's okay. You'll be right. Uh, David's in Camberwell. Good day, Dave. Hey, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm well, thank you. Um, good to hear. I just, firstly, want, I did want to talk about the Collingwood-Carlton option for Clarko, but before I do, just you mentioned his loyalty, and, and he's definitely a loyalist and, and good on him, but he's as much a pragmatist, if not even more so, uh, so he will make the right decision in the best interest of himself, the club, and Sam Mitchell. And if Sam Mitchell thinks he's ready, and I, I believe he does think he's actually ready to coach an AFL team now, I suspect Clarko will um, look at the options at his disposal and, and take one of those two. And I know Carlton doesn't, isn't an option right now, but there's every chance it would be if Clarko declared his hand. Um, but on the Carlton versus Collingwood... Um, Carlton's history of burning coaches would be enough to put off any prospective coach of that club, wouldn't it? Hagen, Malthouse, Ratton, Britton, Teague is being talked about. Doesn't doesn't bode well. Yeah, I I, I would I, if, look if I was someone who was in demand as a coach and Carlton was a club that was courting me, that would concern me. But in this day and age of of, of really of of the salary of the soft cap being what it is, Dave. As Jason Dunstall said last night, clubs just cannot afford to sack you. They just cannot afford it. But uh, thank you for the call. Tim's in Sunbury. G'day, Tim. G'day, mate. Look, um, oh, I'm, I'm, my head's still spinning like, like yours is. Um, you've got all, all the emotion of it. But, I mean, I sat down and had a think about it today. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the Essendon fans didn't want to see Kevin, Kevin Sheedy leave, but... Sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you do need to, to to take a bit of a, a, a jump and a, a bit of a plunge. And, you know, if, if they've ripped the Band-Aid off, I don't think it's any point looking back. So I think it's now just making sure that Clarko and, uh, and uh, Mitchell can can work together for the, for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. I mean, I think the most interesting thing is going to be draft night. 
know, who's got to get the biggest say on, 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 well, on draft night. Great. Hey, Tim, great that you brought that up, and Clarko addressed that. I'll find that audio and I'll play it in the next hour, but he just said that those won't be decisions that he'll be involved in moving forward because they are about the future. Uh, so great that you brought that up, a really pertinent question, and it was addressed in the presser. I'll find that audio and I'll play it for you on the other side of this. We've just got to hit the top of the hour here for the traffic, and I'll be back with the Sporting Capital. More news of the day and then footy tinder. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.